Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Steelers Preview, brought to you by the Beehive. <laughs> Gentlemen's Club, Metro, Pennsylvania. Make sure you visit the Beehive and ask for the Dave Schofield special. You'll find out what that is when you get there. All right, joining us. <laughs> An extra sturdy chair. <laughs> Could be the lunch special. We don't know. Brian Anthony Davis, our podcast producer. What's going on, Brian? How are you? Oh, I'm all abuzz tonight and feeling good. Dave Schofield, what's up? Brian took my line. Oh, really? <laughs> took my line. I'm, I'm, I'm. All ready. right, we're gonna try to keep that stuff to part two. We said that in the in this month of not having as much to talk about, not a lot of news. We were going to do the fun stuff in part two. So uh, we'll try to keep the beehive commentary to a minimum. I can't say it's not going to be talked about, but it'll be at a minimum. All right. uh, The only news that talked about today uh, was that the Steelers signed a backup kicker. Uh, I view this as a Matthew Wright type signing. They need an extra leg in camp. You want to have someone that's familiar with the system in case Chris Boswell gets hurt. Before we talk about this, Dave, my question is, It did the NFL, or Brian, maybe you know this. I shouldn't assume that it's just Dave. Did the NFL say that they're going to have expanded practice squad rosters again in 2021? They, It's not official but it, from anything that I've heard, but it was the discussion and both sides want it. So, okay. so it's, it's, pro- it's both pretty sides much going to happen. Yeah. I don't know that it's they've made the official announcement about anything. So then that makes sense that the Steelers would have another kicker on the roster. They could keep that kicker on the practice squad in case of an injury, and they could promote him if they had to. That's what they did last year, but we'll see. We'll see. Brian, thoughts on the kicker being signed? And it's Sloman. What's his first name? I forget. Stan? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, look Dorothy, it up. It's me, Stan. Um, no, it I, I don't know what his name is. Um you know, here's Sam, the Sam Sloan. Sam. I was close. Sam, Sam. So, Sam Malone. So, oh, you know, that was almost my radio. Brian Malone was almost my radio name back in 1990 because of Sam Malone. So, <laughs> but then it became something different. Yeah. So, you know, first of all, when we're talking about the practice squads, if that happens, it's a win-win for both sides. Dave said both sides want it. I think that's fantastic because being able to protect these guys, even if you, you know, you protected four last year, that might go down a little bit. But even if it does, if you could protect two, that's still a pretty good deal for you to be able to do that each and every week. Make sure somebody doesn't fly the coop. That's, you know, you know, I kind of like it that way. You know, it's a win. It gives more guys opportunities to make it in this league as well. So I would love to see them do that. We saw it last year with the punter. I mean, Corliss Waitman was on this team all year long uh, as a practice squad player. And he had a job. He would have not normally had a job. But bringing in Sam Sloman, what it does is it gives Chris Boswell a chance to relax during camp. Still be on guard, but relax. And, I mean, you don't have to put all the wear and tear on him. Give give a kid a chance to not just stick with your team on the practice squad, but go the route of auditioning for 31 other clubs. If you have a nice preseason, then you get a job elsewhere. Yeah. 
I mean, let's think about this. This put it this way. I mean, think about the the past two times the Steelers have had part time kickers in some capacity in the regular season. Randy Bullock and then Matthew Wright last season. Both of them became kickers. Now the Bengals did draft a kicker, so Bullock's going to be looking for work. But still, Matthew Wright. It was the Detroit Lions. Am I right, Dave? That picked him up and gave him a contract and see if he can kick for them. I don't think he's made the team yet, but still, Dave. I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> It was a, that was one of those off-season moves, like right after the season ended. Their players are going to reserve contracts and stuff, future deals. Anyways, Dave, what are your thoughts on the new kicker? Anything? Well, that's uh, what I brought up in our Slack channel about that. This has nothing to do with Chris Boswell and competition. There, this is all about making him not get overworked and through training camp with practices, preseason games and everything, which does allow somebody else to showcase what they can do. It's it's not a controversy. Anything you're like, well, then why would someone want to do that if they don't really have a chance to make the team? You're having a chance to show what you can do because they don't want to overwork Boswell. End of story. And uh, you are correct, Matthew Wright. It was with the Detroit Lions. Okay, very good. All right, so enough kicker talk. Uh, We are going to talk about something which I'm actually excited to talk about because for some reason, um, coming into this draft, the 2021 NFL draft, I just wasn't that excited about it. Um, I don't know why it was. Maybe I was just kind of thinking that the Steelers with the salary cap decreasing, but I have really come to have high hopes for this draft class. Uh, And even as the draft was going on, you're thinking, well, this player might be good a few years down the road, but how many of these players are going to be an impact player to this season? And so that's kind of the crux of where we came up with today's podcast and today's topic is we want to rank the rookies in order of importance, not for the future, but for 2021. So all three of us, we have the list of the nine rookies. And we rank them drafted rookies. drafted rookies. Correct. We're going to talk about undrafted rookies separately. Well, the draft, the drafted rookies, one through uh, nine, we ranked one being the most important, nine being the least. We're going to go from least to the most important. And I think that some might sit there and say, well, this is going to be, and everyone knows who number one is going to be. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Before we get started, let me refresh everyone's memory of the nine draft picks in order. First round pick, Najee Harris. Second round pick, Pat Fryermuth. Third round pick, Kendrick Green, and then two fourth-round picks, Dan Moore Jr. and Buddy Johnson. Fifth-round pick, Isaiah Loudermilk. Sixth-round pick, Quincy Roche, Q from the U. Two seventh-round picks, Trey Norwood and Presley Harvin the third. Okay, so we are going to do this from – we're going to go around the horn, and we are going to do from the – what we feel is the least important for this season. Again, I can't stress this enough. This season, we we might be saying that – this player could be great in two years. We're not talking about two years. We're talking about this season. So let's start. We'll go Brian, Dave, and then I'll chime in as well. That'll be the order that we go. And so, Brian, you go first. Who's number nine, the least important of this draft class, in your opinion, for 2021? You got to unmute You are in a professional. <laughs> <laughs> I've got idiot dogs barking in the background, and they're like – Three down, so I was just trying to <laughs> not have that. So thanks for reminding me of my professionalism. I appreciate it. Um, as I, as we're all going to talk about a strip club in the second half of the show. <laughs> so this is this is something that I've changed just at the last second here, and it's a guy that I am super excited about 
as a draft pick for the Steelers. But I don't think that he is going to have much to do with 2021, and it's Dan Moore Jr. I love the pick. I love the idea of having him here. I just don't think that he is going to be needed to be called upon, or and you kind of hope that he's not needed to be called upon in 2021. So I'm going to go ahead and say the 4A pick from Texas A&M, Dan Moore Jr., is the guy at my number nine. But it does not diminish how excited I am about this guy. Okay. Dave, who's your number nine? I almost left my my, my mic on mute just to do it. Um, <laughs> no, my number nine, and I've, I'll give you the reasons as these as we go, but my number nine, I, I went with Trey Norwood specifically because of this year, and it's not just because it's him, because they have, they have a lot of young guys also through the undrafted free agents that we'll talk about eventually that could be in the mix to kind of maybe be a sub package guy to fill in for this, for the Steelers. I don't know that he has to be that guy this year. He could be a guy that is just around. He's a seventh round pick as a defensive back. You know, one of these guys might not even make the team because last year still, even though it was the first time every rookie sorry, every drafted rookie played for the Steelers in their rookie season. They all still didn't make the make the 53 man squad to start. So, and the thing is with Norwood, there's a there's a lot of guys in competition there at the end. So that's why I put him in in that position. Okay. So Brian said, buddy, I'm sorry, Dan Moore Jr. You're saying Trey Norwood. I'm going with the number one pick that was like, what? Isaiah Loudermilk. I I just you think about the fact that he is he's been touted as a project. He's at a position that is the deepest position on the team, arguably, at least on the defensive side of the ball. I I think we all assume he's going to make the team, but at the same time, I don't think he gets a helmet unless there's a bunch of injuries. So I'm going to say Isaiah Loudermilk for me is number nine, the least important to this team in 2021. I could see him developing into something that is a very serviceable defensive lineman, just not this year. All right, Brian, what about number eight? Who you got? So this was my original number nine, and it's Dave's number nine. It is Trey Norwood. I really think that you're going to see him. And the reason I elevated him above Dan Moore is I think you're going to see more of Trey Norwood trying to break in on special teams. And if he does get some action, it could be the special team route. I, you know, I go back to guys from years past, and I remember a rookie from 1995, Lathon Flowers who ended up being a pretty good player for that team, but he was special on special teams in that 1995 Super Bowl season in which they were the runner-up to the Dallas Cowboys. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow that and say if Norwood does something on special teams, he could make an impact. So let's go ahead and put him at number eight. All right, Dave Schofield, which are eight? Number eight. My number eight would be one Isaiah uh, Loudermilk. Sorry, I had to have to get that Double extra H. H in there. <laughs> um, basically, for a lot of the same reasons Jeff said, the only reason I put him eight over Norwood is it's something that you brought up, and that is he's going to make this team because they gave a fourth round pick to trade up to get him. And I can't say for sure that Norwood's going to be the guy to make the team because I hope all these guys make the team. But if you look at it and say statistically, all nine of them making the fifty-three man roster pick someone who's not 
just because of where he was drafted, he's he's going to be there. That's why that's the only reason I put uh, Louder Milk ahead of Norwood because I'm more confident he'll make the team. But you are exactly right; he is buried on that depth chart. He is not a guy that they need to call on this year. Hopefully, uh, for my number eight, I'm going to go with someone no one has mentioned yet, and that is uh, for the pick four B round four B. Uh, that would be none but Buddy Johnson. I think that inside linebackers in another deep position for the Steelers. We're also forgetting about Ulysses Gilbert the third. If he were somehow, some way able to stay healthy, uh, you have to wonder where does everyone fit? You have Devin Bush, you have Robert Spillane, you have Vince Williams, you throw Buddy Johnson, you have UG3, and all of a sudden, let's also not forget the fact that Marcus Allen played some inside linebacker. Miles Killebrew is listed as a linebacker. Antoine Brooks Jr. could be a box safety slash hybrid player. Suddenly, all the people that are potentially going to be an inside linebacker is a long list. I think Buddy Johnson makes the team. I would be shocked as a fourth round pick if he didn't, but I just don't see his importance being anything outside of special teams. That's not to like what Brian just said about Trey Norwood, that you can still make plays on special teams. You can still have value, but in terms of playing, you know, 11 on 11, I don't see it happening. There would have to be a ton of injuries at the position for it to happen. So I'm going to say number eight, Buddy Johnson from Texas A&M. Let's go with Brian. Number seven. Who you got? Number seven, got milk, louder milk, and that is the guy that I'm looking at here. I can see any position, eight, nine, with this guy. I realize that that's a crowded area for him, but you've got guys into it, and also Hayward just getting a little long in the tooth. I wouldn't be surprised if we see louder milk go in the route of a Carlos Davis, and in the last you know four games of the season – starting to see a little bit more action and get into the mix a little bit more. So, I mean, not not really uh, not really expecting him to do much this year, but as far as importance go, that defensive line, it needs to continue to be stout. And if somebody goes down, I think he needs to step in and step in in a big way. All right, Dave, what about your number seven? My number seven, I have one Dan Moore Jr., because although I look for him to make this team, I look for him to be a reserve. I don't know if he'll get a helmet. More offensive linemen are getting helmets now because of the the roster rules um, with how many you can dress based on if you have a have it be an offensive lineman. But the reason that I put him here versus some of the next couple that I have, or at least the next one that I have, is because your backup offensive lineman generally don't play special teams. They might be in on extra points or whatnot, but it's not like they have to be. So that's one reason. So, and, and, and it's not like you are a rotational person where you'll get a few snaps. Generally who plays your offensive line plays there the whole game. And that's why I put him back some, but the reason I put him ahead of the other two that I did is because if the Steelers have problems at tackle where a lot of people are worried about offensive tackle, then his ability might become more important as the season goes on if the Steelers struggle at that position. So that's the reason I put him ahead of the other guys. I actually had the same player for seven, Dan Moore Jr. And I actually didn't realize, because I'm not a college football fan, and this is, these are not my words. This is actually from uh, Williamson, who writes for Steelers.com, former NFL scout. I forget his first name. Matt? Yep. I think you're right. And he said the Texas A&M had one of the best offensive lines in the, in the, in college football last year. And he was the anchor at left tackle. And he said that that is noteworthy. I did not know that. So I learned something there. 
I asked myself, can he beat out Joe Haig as the backup, the primary backup tackle? Now, a lot of people are saying he's a project. He's definitely a developmental tackle, things like that. Look, when, when you get to the pros, you either have it or you don't. And sometimes it takes some time. Sometimes it doesn't. But I think with some new coaching, a new scheme, who knows? Um, I have, I don't necessarily think or per, I'm not predicting that Dan Moore is going to win that job. But like you said, Dave, I could see maybe by midseason, if some injuries happen, he might be thrust into a position. So he is going to have some importance. It's not going to be high on the list. All right, so we're now at number six. We are now in the number six. Brian, go ahead. Middle third. Yep. Buddy Johnson Jr. His name might be Devodrick if you're looking to go deep into that. <laughs> but, so BJJ, I think the reason why I'm putting him this high is, you know, I get what you're saying about all of those other guys at inside linebacker. But my, th my thing about this guy is the fact that he – was drafted also to be a special teams demon. And I think they're going to expect him to actually get some action right away. So I could see him doing a little bit more than a Trey Norwood in that position. So I understand we're talking 11 on 11 in some facets, but also, you know, a big special teams play as a gunner or, as, I mean, he might not be a gunner, but a guy could really change a season around with a couple big, special teams play at least at least a game so let's go with buddy johnson okay dave who you have number six number six number six i have one buddy johnson Ooh. and the reason i have buddy johnson ahead of the other three that i've already listed is because i think he will see the most snaps out of any of those players in 2021 and i think every one of them will be on special teams i think that is how they're going to start to develop and see what he can do i mean I shouldn't say every one of them, the majority of them. I mean, he might get on the field depending on the situation. Um, and also, it would be great if he, you know, played fantastic and did, but he doesn't have to. So this year, he doesn't, they don't have to call him an inside linebacker. But uh, if he's going to be another one of those athletic guys that can still play the run, he might show that he's important, but it doesn't have to be this year. All right. Good reasoning. I'm going to go with, with my number six is Trey Norwood. Seventh round draft pick, and I'm putting him here based on the fact that with certain positions in the defensive secondary, I feel like the Steelers are literally just going to throw everything against the wall and see what sticks, and that's it. I mean, they have the slot cornerback, the dime in the sub packages. Like, who's going to fill that role? I could actually see Trey Norwood being the Cam Sutton role from 2020, and that is a player that plays only in the dime. He's going to be playing more coverage, not down in the box. And I could see him possibly having a spot there, depending on how everything goes. I don't know much about this guy. I'm not going to pretend that I do, but I'm looking at the position that he plays. I'm looking at the vacancies they have on the field, and I'm not seeing a lot of answers right now. Who knows where they're going to go with Cam Sutton? What is James Pierre going to do? Justin Lane is still there. No one knows. So he, have, in my opinion, he's got as good a chance as anyone. Mike Tomlin likes him, called him a Swiss Army knife. I know he's making plays at a mandatory minicamp. We shall see, but I have him at number six. So, Brian, uh, what do you want to say? Oh, I have to say something. Just go for it. Out of these four picks so far, we all had the same players. You're we just right. had them in different orders. You're right. So now, now things get a little interesting. Yes, now things does. get a little interesting. So let's go with number five. Brian, who do you have? 
All right, a hunk, a hunk, a burning punt. Yes. Big L. <laughs> no, you are not terrible. allowed to use that nickname. No, no, it's too no. terrible. <laughs> My brother terrible. tried to use it on Stone Show. I'm like, no, no, don't use that oh, on this show. It's better than Mr. Awful. Third and Fifth, one of the worst oh. ever. It's no, one here crea- no one here created that. Well, that was me. <laughs> I knew that. Was it you? It was. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Blame oh, Dave. Yeah. Blame Dave. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm all about, hey, you want to call him Thick Kick? All for it. Oh. Mine obviously like is big, big press, big press. Cause he's strong. Like his, he's a strong dude. He squatted over 600 pounds at Georgia techs. That's why another reason I call him big press other than his name. The guy's a big dude. Like Elvis. <laughs> his name is Presley. Hunka, hunka, burning punt. I'm oh, going with it. Horrible. Can, can, can we <laughs> mute Brian? <laughs> you know Go what? Ahead, I, Brian, I don't I want to interrupt. I'm my that. first podcast producer decree. <laughs> <laughs> what is this, an executive order? <laughs> now, you know what? I would have loved to have gone higher with Presley Harvin. But look, the punting position is so important. We definitely need this guy to seize the job. If you did not get a chance to listen to the 20-minute soliloquy of a rant by Jeff Hartman yesterday <laughs> on the curtain call, you missed podcast gold. Was I'm it 20 minutes? You. I didn't think it was that long, was it? I, nah, no, it was, probably about, <laughs> it was only about 10. But uh, for some people, it probably felt like 20. I mean, Probably. <laughs> Jeffrey Benedict grew back his hair and lost it in that entire time. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) look, I love Harvin. I love what he brings. He is a punter. I know how important the punter situation is. It's just the other four guys ahead of him are a little more important in my mind's eye. So this guy has to start. He is that crucial for this team. But it's still the number five position because I think there are more pressing needs. And that's pressing who I went needs. for. Pressing, <laughs> pressing needs. Yes. <laughs> but I'm pumped. Okay. Dave, you're number five. Okay. Well, first of all, to address Brian's thing, it's not spelled the same. He's oh, got what? two S's, it which, sounds which the is same. literally the word press. It's literally the word press in his name. So, yeah, that's why that one's out the door. Anyway, I'm going to say this. The top five, I feel, are all really close. I think it was the other four and then these five. And I'm probably going to get roasted for why I put who I who I did here. And you can probably convince me how wrong I am. But I just did it. And, I, and I'll tell you why. But I put Pat Frermuth as number five. And the reason I did is because to me, yes, he's going to be involved this year. Yes. He's going to be the guy that that's going to be the number two tight end. If he shows that he can do anything. And there might be times where he needs to be the number one or even becomes number one. And that's great. But the only reason I put him here is it would, I feel like he was Alex Highsmith of last year. They had the Steelers had someone at the position who was going into the last year of their contract. You use a draft pick here to know if you've got the next guy for when they're going to be here for year two. You know, Eric Ebron, he's only under contract for one more year because then he's got the void years. So you want Fairmouth, if I can get the words out, now to make sure he's going to be the guy next year. And the only reason I knocked him down is because I think 
this year is good, but next year is really when they're going to really need him. Okay. I actually went, and it's funny that we all went in a different direction with number five. I actually went with Quincy Roche, six-round pick out of the U, and maybe this is wishful thinking, but I'm still hoping, especially after the DeCastro release, they are going to sign another pass rusher. I'm not pulling a Michael back where I'm attempting to jump off a bridge if they don't, <laughs> but I'm actually saying that I don't think that anyone in their right mind can bank on this guy doing, I don't know, anything more than Anthony Ciccolo did when he was with Pittsburgh. It has nothing to do with Ciccolo went to the U as well or anything like that, but he's a six round pick for a reason. Would I love nothing more than to eat crow on this and him to come out and actually be a great pass rusher? Yes, I would love nothing more, but for me, Quincy Roche, he's, He's valuable depth. You just don't want to have to rely on him. I don't want him being the number three pass rusher. And I don't think he will be the number three pass rusher in 2021. I think he might be four or five. And depending on how they work their roster, like I said, wishful thinking, hopefully they bring in someone else, but I have Quincy Roche at number five. All right, let's go to Brian for number four. Go ahead. You know, Jeff, I like everything that you said there. And it's true. Michael Beck has been sitting outside of <laughs> Kevin Colbert's house with a note. Circle yes or no. Do you like Justin Houston? Then he goes to <laughs> Justin Houston's house. Do you like the Steelers? Circle yes or no. I mean, he is trying to broker this deal. Oh, that would be awesome. If they get Justin Houston, that'd be a big get for the Steelers. That I mean, would be. I would absolutely love it too. And I mean, I know Michael is banking on it. I think he's already ordered his Justin Houston jersey. So... <laughs> <laughs> so, and he has it right next to his J.J. Watt Steelers jersey, too. <laughs> Probably. Uh, so let's look at it this way. I am going with uh, my number four player. The same. I'm going down the same road Dave did. I almost went number five on Pat Frymuth. And for the exact same reasons that Dave Schofield went, he doesn't have to be anything special. He just has to be the man in waiting. He's the heir to the throne at tight end, and he's going to come up big, but they don't need him to as much as they're going to need some other guys to step in. All right, Dave, who's your number four? My number four, I will address him properly. Big press, Presley Harvin, the punter. I have him at four because he needs to be the guy. He needs to win the job. He needs to be the man, which means he's going to be getting 100% of the punting field goal and extra point snaps. You know, I'm telling you, we're going to be looking at him to see how well he holds the ball in the preseason. That That's how, how important this is. Mm -hmm. But I put him there um, and not ahead of the other ones simply because it is punter. But when you don't, have a good one. You, you know, you, you need one. He needs to step up. Bottom line is it's not about next year for him. It's now or never it's get it done. Yeah. So, okay. So that's a good one. So you went with big press. I'm going to go with Friar Muth in number four for me. Uh, so similar to Brian uh, for me, I, I have my question here and, and I thought about maybe making him three. I don't know how often Matt Canada is going to have two tight end sets or if they're ever going or, or mm -hmm. if they're going to have any sets where Ebron is not on the field and Fryermuth is on the field. That's a good question. Will they have those type of situations for a rookie? Or will it just be Ebron's the guy if it's a single tight end and two tight ends, then Fryermuth gets on the field? There's a lot of questions. I have no doubt about his skill set. I think he's going to be a great addition 
He's can improve on his blocking, but he's a, a better two way tight end. than um, I think he's a better two way tight end than Ebron. I think he's a much better two way tight end than Vance McDonald because Vance McDonald still was not super athletic. He struggled catching the ball at times. Fryermuth has good hands. He has good athleticism. So Fryermuth being four is not a cut on him at all. It's just more about the scheme and how that's going to work out. So we go to the final three, the final three. And I, I think we have basically close to similar not people remaining. We'll see yeah. who we have. Let's go with Brian. Um, What's to up? no one's surprise, there is one player that both Brian and I picked that Jeff is not yet. <laughs> so that's the only difference. Right just now. so you know, I did not screw this up and do something silly. Okay, yeah. just so you know, yeah. I didn't do that. Okay. But we'll do three, and then we'll take a break. We'll come back in part two to finish our top two. But Brian, go ahead. Who's your number three? Number three is going to be when Quincy Roche from not just the U, but also Temple as well. And what he did at Temple makes me really excited about the future of this guy. He is Alex Highsmith to the point where he's a heartbeat away from a starting job possibly at this particular juncture because there's not a Justin Houston or another outside edge rusher and if you think that you get to a point where it's going to be Cassius Marsh starting before Q from the U if Q is good then he's he could be the next guy he can be the man in waiting so I think it's really important to guy that gets to the quarterback just like Alex Highsmith Alex Highsmith had 14 sacks his final year in college the final year for Quincy Roche, well, it was jaded a little bit because of moving to the U with all those pass rushers and because of COVID. But if you look at the year before, how many times he got to the quarterback and how many times he got to the quarterback at Temple in his career, it was like 26 for all of those years. So I'm just going to say that this guy could be the next pass rusher for the Steelers. And if you know, if injury befalls this team at that position, they're going to look his way. All right, Dave, who's your number three? My number three would be one Q from the U man. That guy's a hoot. All right. That's kind of a stretch. You know, he also went to temple to the owls. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> you can no longer like say anything about the, <laughs> no. the Presley. Thing. I know. Come on. I'm going to came up with Q from the U anyway, but, uh, I went with him kind of like what I think Brian and I took a different approach than Jeff. Jeff is like, he's not as important because they need to go get someone else. I'm going with what they have right now. And I am, I would, I am a okay. If the Steelers go out and sign another depth edge rusher piece, I am great with that because, but still you're going to need Q from the U to be the number four possibly. So I would bump if they had, if, if they make a signing tonight and we have to redo our list, by the end of the show, I'm going to bump him down some for that very reason. But the way things set now, because the only other person's there other than undrafted guys is one Pokemon King, Ugh. Cassius Marsh. Now, yeah. who, in case you did not know whether you like these scores or not, it doesn't matter. I'm just giving you the data. When it comes to pro football focus, out of every player on the Steelers team who actually had a score from 2020, meaning they had to play a snap on offense or defense, had the lowest score of anybody the Pittsburgh Steelers had at 38.9 overall. So I'm saying you can't 
that's not the guy who you really want to be number three. Although I do like him as a special teamer. He, he, he stuck his nose in there pretty good. So that's the only reason why I have Q from you being so important. And you don't want to put all your hopes and dreams on a sixth round draft pick, even though many thought he might've gone higher, but that's just who I went with there. Because unfortunately, based on their depth chart, he has to be important right now because they don't have anything else. All right, my number three before we take a break is Big Press. Presley Harvin the third. I know a lot of people in the live chat are like, oh, we know who Jeff's number one is going to be. I think they were expecting me to keep him to number one. I wanted to, but it's not. I couldn't do it if I'm being honest. I, I have him three for a reason. I don't think people understand how important special teams are. You don't realize it until your team, your special teams are awful. Totally and sucks. we've seen some really bad special teams in the past. And it's like I said on the uh, curtain call last night, it, Jordan Berry, or as I call him, the, the weasel boy, he is good for a shank a game. And that would be like a PGA pro shanking a ball off the tee once around. You wouldn't be on the tour very long. You know, I mean, it's like Tiger Woods in his prime, like up, oh, he's due for a shank and there it is right into the water. There, there goes a double bogey. And now all of a sudden it, it just doesn't have, shouldn't happen. I've longed for the days of the Steelers finding a punter where they can flip the field I'm talking like a Sam Coke type that's with the Baltimore Ravens. I've said this on the show last night. I've seen him punt the ball a million times because I live in Maryland. He's so good. He is so good. Right when you think you haven't pinned back, 65-yard punt with great hang time, and now you're pinned back in your own end at your own 20 or something like that. I think Presley Harvin, if he can show that he's not just a big leg kicker, he can hold the ball properly like Dave mentioned, and also have some finesse in and around the, you know, pinning them inside the 10, then I think it would be great. I think it'd be great. All right. We're going to take a break. We're at the midway point of the show. So if you're watching live on Facebook or on YouTube, don't go anywhere. We're not going anywhere. But if you're listening on our audio side, just hop over to part two. We'll give you our top two. We'll talk about undrafted free agents and have some shenanigans to finish out the show. Stay tuned. Be right back. 